It's 2022, which means it's a renewal year and you need CEUs. 30 if you're in South Carolina, and three of those have to be on ethics, jurisprudence, and whatever else goes in that category. Look, the year's going by fast, and you can knock out all those requirements with a MedBridge subscription, and you can get 40% off with the discount code BETTERFASTERPOD. I have a friend named Shelly, and she's a little lazy. Her words, not mine. She hasn't done any Con Ed over the past year and a half until she got her subscription set up. And what she does is she just puts modules on her phone while she watches 90 Day Fiance. Great show, by the way. Is she learning anything? No. But is she getting the local governing bodies off her bat? Yes. Your subscription also includes NSCA credits, OCS certification prep courses, patient education, home exercise programs, EMR integration. There's tons and tons of resources. Again, use the discount code BETTERFASTERPOD to get 40% off your individual subscription. That's the best price that MedBridge offers, okay? Only the best for our listeners. Now enjoy the episode. Hey everyone, happy Monday and welcome to another episode of the Better Faster Podcast. Today, Brandon and I are talking odd object training. We talk a little about how I use these implements in my athletes' training programs and also how Brandon uses these in the clinic. It's a great episode with a lot of actionable info and things that you can take away and use right away in your training programs. If you could, please go on and subscribe uh, to the podcast and leave us a review. It's how we reach more people. It's also a great place to leave a question or a comment if there are things that you want us to talk about. We also are on Google Play now for you Android users. I hope you enjoy today's episode. Happy Monday. We meet again for another episode of the Better Faster Podcast, and this one is all about odd object training. We're talking about equipment that goes beyond traditional barbells, dumbbells, kettlebells, and machines. These are pieces of equipment that are intentionally unbalanced and not designed to be easy to work with. Things like sandbags, stones, sledgehammers, and tires. This is stuff that you typically see in strongman competition, but it turns out there's a lot of utility for odd objects with the general population in the clinic as well. So Josh, I was inspired to do an episode on this because the 2018 CrossFit Regionals are now upon us, and Dave Castro brought back the worm again. So seeing as necessity is the mother of all invention, I thought it was really cool that you guys made your own and you've been training with it. So can you start out by telling the listeners what the worm is, and I kind of like the DIY tutorial of how you made it. Yeah, so um, that's a, definitely a big part of regionals. The last couple of years, it's making appearance again. It's in three of the six team events this year. So it's definitely um, getting its use. Uh, so the worm uh, used to be a six-person uh, implement. Now it's a four-person implement. They did uh, minimize the teams to four people this year. Uh, and essentially, it's one long well, you know, again, mimics a worm, but it's four segments, all right, uh, kind of uh, assembled together. And each one weighs slightly different, um, a different weight. So there are two segments that are meant for males and two segments meant for females in, um, for this competition. Uh, the male segments are 100 pounds each, and the female segments are 70 pounds each. Uh, it used to be that they had six segments, and they all were slightly different. So there were three that were meant for um, the female competitors, but they were like, 55, 60, 65, they varied a little bit, and the male um, ones were like 75, 80, 85, something like that. They all were a little bit different. This year, it's two that are 100, two that are 70. And in between each one is kind of a six-pound little connector. Um, but it's all kind of in one 
um, kind of canvas shell. So they're like these little segments within one long tube, if that makes sense. Um, and we built one. Yeah. So they are very expensive if you want to purchase one. So we decided to make our own. Uh, we used canvas, um, uh, some thick canvas from Lowe's. Um, shout out to one of our teammate, uh, team members, uh, Zach Taylor, for being the most handy of all of us. He also built our handstand walk um, kind of obstacle that we had to use for, for training in this. Uh, so I bought all this canvas. Um, we had some sandbags already, but we didn't really have enough sand to make them weigh exactly what we wanted. So we also went out and got um, sand to be able to fill those up. And uh, we were able to get the weights correct. Um, the ours is a little bit longer than the regular one, about a foot longer. It's 12 feet on game day. Ours is about 13 um, it's also going to probably be a little bit sturdier. Ours is a little floppy to tell you the truth. Um, but it weighed the right amount. Uh, it was, it is something that definitely allowed us to get good training in as we prep for this. And because ours was honestly a little bit, uh, I would say more poorly constructed than the one that you can purchase or the one we'll have on game day, it forced the team to communicate even better. Um, it made them really have to focus on how everybody else was doing. Um, when everybody was ready before they started, um, they had to talk, which is great. And practicing that um, in training is uh, invaluable. So that way if uh, something goes wrong on game day or something isn't exactly right or they're getting no rep for reasons they aren't sure, uh, they'll be able to communicate well. So, uh, yeah, we put that together. We've been having some fun with it. Uh, things that we have to do with it um, this time, we have to do um, clean and jerks. So basically the, it's on the ground. Everybody has to pick it up and shoulder it, pop it over to the other shoulder, and then drop it to the ground on the other side. They have to do um, thrusters and burpees over it. So um, going from shoulder to shoulder, squatting down, kind of coming back up and popping it over the other shoulder then squatting down back and forth. And then um, they have to do lunges with that thing on their shoulder. They have to go, uh, I think it's 72 feet down with it on their right shoulder, drop it, pick it back up and go 72 feet back with it on their left shoulder. So um, a lot of fun stuff. So the whole thing weighs about 350 pounds in total. Yep. I think, yeah, somewhere around there, it's like three, um, I think it's like 356 or something maybe with all the connectors or something or three, somewhere in there. I have to I do the math on it, but um, ours actually does weigh the right amount. So uh, hopefully no, no surprises on game day. What, what does it feel like to be underneath that thing? I've never actually tried it. I've just, I've just seen it. I've seen like the really good regionals athletes use it but all of them struggle i mean it looks terrible yeah it's definitely not fun man i think uh it really does come down to everyone working well as a unit because if you're not in sync with the person right behind you and person right in front of you um it, it makes it that much harder so um when you're working well together it's never easy but you can kind of get in a good rhythm especially if you're on the same page and your tempo is working well between everyone um you can get moving pretty well but it's just grunt work man there's no um there are no tricks to it. You just got to, you know, put your head down and get, and get to work, which I love those kind of events. And I think our team to tell you the truth that it, they're suited well for that. Um, Cause that's kind of, you know, who they are at heart. Um, we don't have a ton of flash. They're all just really hard workers. So um, I think we're going to do well in every event that does have it in there. Well, good luck, man. You guys are, are a different breed all around. <laughs> well, uh, let, let's kind of, let's start out by talking about big concepts here. So getting back to odd object training, what are some of the benefits of this? Why would we consider that in the first place in the strength and conditioning world? Yeah, I love using odd object training, especially with my CrossFitters. So um, obviously a lot of these implements can be seen in other types of competition. So strongman athletes are going to use these a lot and compete with these things. Um, but I think that no matter what you're training for, uh, they are important things to be included in your program. I take the approach of making them more supplementary in nature um, and, and using them as kind of adjuncts to 
other training. So your classic kind of barbell, dumbbell, kettlebell work that you see a lot in these um, quote unquote functional fitness programs. But I love them because they, they develop strength in awkward positions, um, which I think is so important. A lot of times we, we get really strong using a barbell and it's really only gym strength and sometimes it doesn't translate into other things. So uh, I love using these objects to kind of make, take that gym strength and all that stuff that we're developing and kind of turn it into really more functional in nature uh, to, to use that word again. But it's important also for preventing injuries. It puts you in some awkward positions sometimes. And if you don't expose yourself to those positions and build strength in those positions, you're more likely to get injured when you do get into those positions in, say, a competition or something like that. So I think, number one, I like to use it to work on developing that strength in op, uh, awkward positions because these this type of training, it really does require total body stability. Um, you can't, uh, you know, you ask anybody to pick up a heavy med ball, heavy stone, um, flip a tire. I mean, you, it is a full body event and it requires a ton of total body stability. Um, so I think those two concepts uh, are so important for any athlete, uh, again, preventing injuries and really, uh, you know, that total body strength and stability. Those are my number one and two reasons I'm going to include those in the program. Yeah, I totally agree. And, and just to echo that, you know, one thing we have to keep in mind is that the central nervous system is programmed for movement and not muscles. So like mm-hmm. when we eat, for example, our brain is wired for fork to mouth, not supinator, break your radius, biceps, and same right. goes for sports, right? So, yep. you know, I tell you, incorporating this into training is, is really nice to put an athlete into an imbalance, uncomfortable, like almost unpredictable position and allow them to master it. I mean, I'm kind of going off on a tangent here, but this is this is why occasionally I'll intentionally put a patient into like a valgus knee position or have lift objects off the ground with a rounded back because sometimes their sport or their occupation demands it and I want to be trained and ready. And uh, if you want a structural explanation for that, we know that when we load tendons and we load ligaments in weird positions, mRNA from the brain gets translated into alpha-1 pro-collagen and it goes to the actual ligament, to the tendon. And if that happens, wouldn't that actually make it more stronger and more resilient? And I think uh, we've seen time and time again that some of the best Olympic lifters in the world, you know, they catch their cleans and snatches in awkward valgus positions sometimes and their knees don't blow up. They don't fall apart. Yep, I think you're exactly right. You've got to be able to train strength um, in different positions that aren't necessarily perfect. And you mentioned that valgus knee position. It, um, it's one of those things. There are a lot of different sports where um, going into a valgus position is kind of necessary. And a lot of times you see um, a lot of athletes will do that to actually generate some power too. You'll see like mm-hmm. people who, you know, it, it's not necessarily a bad you know, no position is good or bad. I hate when people put good and bad labels on positions. Um, it, it's more about can they safely control their body through the range of motion necessary for the activity they're trying to perform. And so for me, that if I can put them into a position in a very safe and structured manner that allows them to start building strength in that position, even if that position, quote unquote, is a bad position based on a textbook. Well, if, it, if they're going to have to get in that position in a game or a sport or a contest or something, or in just life in general, well, I need to do my best to make sure that they're resilient enough to be able to handle that position. Absolutely. And, you know, just, just thinking about like real world examples about, you know, how we'd start to think about implementing the stuff in this topic, just, it takes me back to like the summer job I had in college. So back in the day I used to deliver and install Sears and G appliances. And these are like heavy ass refrigerators and range, range ovens. And the day would always start with pulling your deliveries out of the warehouse and into your truck. And I remember the very first day of work, I struggled to pull these 200 pound ovens off the stack and into the hand truck and up the wrap uh, ramp. You had to be careful because if you dropped it, that came out of your paycheck. 
Yep. And so you're, you're partnered up with these guys that did this full time for a living. And the very first day of work, they sat around smoking cigarettes. And when they got tired of watching me struggle, they just went over and, you know, put these ovens on their backs with their arms fully extended and just you know, carefully put them in the truck, almost effortless. And you know, at the time I went to a military college, and I was fit for college, but I got exposed, man, because none of that mattered in a real world situation. And that's, yep. that's something I always keep in mind when I work with patients, especially when we're trying our best to replicate their return to work or return to sport criteria. Because, you know, we all know traditional strength training is beneficial in a lot of different ways. Um, you know, in that example, those guys wouldn't be able to hang with me in the gym, but I couldn't hang with them on the job. And they were way more fit for that specific task than I was. And, and the point with that is that sometimes we have to think outside the box and odd object training is something that can fill in these gaps because unfortunately life doesn't consist of moving in linear planes or negotiating well-balanced objects all the time. Yeah, no, I think that's such a good point, man. I'm sure that a lot of people can relate to that exact same thing. Uh, and as you're talking there, a couple other things popped into my mind um, in terms of why, why other reasons why you would want to include these, this type of stuff in your training. Um, and one of it is, you know, simply mental toughness, uh, to tell you the truth. I will put really heavy carries and, and odd object, you know, like having them trying to load stones or heavy sandbags or med balls or flip tires or other things, because it, you know, it's a mental grind, man. You get some of these, you know, some of these higher level athletes that you know, they're doing the same thing over and over and over again. And then now I can find a new way to challenge them, maybe challenge them in a way that I, you know, makes them struggle a little bit um, when they're not used to struggling. And sometimes that can be, you know, a blessing for them is to give them a new challenge. Um, it also can reinvigorate their training. They get, you know, a lot of times we get caught up in doing the same barbell movements in the sagittal plane over and over and over again. And putting these things in there provide a new challenge, lets them develop some mental toughness, get them excited to train again. Uh, and so I think that's another quality that, um, you know, sometimes we neglect when we're writing programs. So I like to put it in there just to give them a new challenge, man. Make them work, make them work hard in a different way. Oh, for sure. And one other thing, too, is if you're, uh, if you're training on a budget, a lot of times you can make this stuff on your own. I mean, oh, you, yeah. could, you could easily put together 500 pounds worth of weight and spend less than $200. Um, so wh what are some of your favorite things to implement? Yeah, we so, mentioned a few in the intro. Yeah, yeah. In the, in the gym, um, what we have at, um, at Carolina CrossFit, uh, we're fortunate enough to have a lot of this kind of thing. Um, we have uh, stones and heavy med balls that go up to um, our heaviest uh, and sandbags. So we got stones, med balls, sandbags that all get pretty heavy. Heaviest stones, I think 150. Heaviest, heaviest med ball also is 150. Heaviest sandbags, actually 260. We've got some really heavy sandbags, um, which are great. Heavy tires, um, you know, yoke and axle bar, you can mimic. If you don't have a yoke, you can mimic that kind of thing um, using, say, like an axle bar, a regular barbell with um, some bands or something to hang down with kettlebells hanging off. Try to create a little bit of instability. Walking with a heavy yoke is great. Um, we have heavy farmer's handles. Um, you know, there, we have logs, too. Um, that's another thing that's fun, too, uh, is, is log training. Uh, so we've got a few different things, but other things that you can kind of create on your own. Um, you can find just rocks, man. Like I know some of the most fit people I know have these random size rocks that have, that are just weigh. they don't even know what they weigh and they'll just pick them up and carry them from one side to the other side. And, um, if you want to talk about building some real strength, some useful strength, things like that are so, uh, you know, so useful. So, um, I think you, you, like you said, you can build a lot of this yourself. You don't have to go out and spend a ton of money. Yeah, man. And just rewind a little bit The you mentioned the sandbag. I think that's probably the one I use the most in the clinic. Mm -hmm. I, I love that. It's, 
I treat a fair amount of martial artists and tactical athletes in the clinic and we'll do simple things like, you know, sandbag shouldering, which is going from the ground to the shoulder, but sometimes we'll get more intense. We'll do crawls with the sandbag drags. We'll throw them, we'll even suplex them, whatever. And honestly, even for my lower level athletes and the older population, the sandbags that we have are the nice ones. We got one on it and one brute force sandbag and they come with a lot of different handles. So you got a lot of options there and it makes it really easy to get someone in a front rack position, which is in my opinion, just such an important position to be able to train someone in mainly because of the postural aspects. It's, right. it's, it's an anti-flexion, anti-kyphotic position. You could load someone up with that and it won't kill them, especially if they have the mobility to a barbell or a kettlebell in that position. Um, having said that, you know, we're not using sandbags for grip training, especially with like shoulder post stops. I have my patients just grab the canvas and not the handles because it presents more of a challenge for grip strength and that kind of thing. Right. Yeah. And I think one thing that's cool too, in, in your clinic that I was um, thankfully I was exposed to while I was over there, um, you've got a few other things that are a little unique uh, too that I'd like you to elaborate on. I know you have a slosh pipe and a mace and Indian clubs that I've seen you use in, uh, you know, in treatment plans with uh, patients. So can you elaborate a little bit on what you use those all for? Yeah. Yeah. So um, I guess probably the Indian clubs. Uh, so if you're not familiar with those are, they look like short baseball bats or kind of like bowling pins. They're, they're actually, I think they're the things that the jugglers actually use. Um, if that paints a picture there, but mm-hmm. we've got heavy ones. We've got some metal 10 pounds, but the ones I use the most are just these super light two pound clubs. And I love them for shoulder mobility. Mostly I mean, you can get complex. You can do things that look cool on Instagram and we do that too. You know, I got no problem with showmanship, but to be honest, my favorite thing to do with them is just to swing them almost like a kettlebell swing, but with the clubs kind of outside of your hips and just the momentum of that club, that extra weight and that club become an extension of your arm. It kind of makes like a longer ever lever arm and makes your shoulders go further than the range as they can typically do. So, you know, I especially like to swing them as the prime shoulder extension before doing any kind of like bench press push-ups, or dips. And uh, we just, those, those two pound ones are just cheap plastic ones that we got off amazon.com and they hold up really well. It's a good investment. Yeah, man. That's, I love that because it's, you know, we talk about a lot of times you think odd object, you think these really heavy things that you pick up and carry. And that's kind of a lot of those examples that we were talking about were heavy things that we, you know, like stones, sandbags, med balls. Um, but that doesn't, you know, odd objects can be any weight and be used for a lot of different purposes. It just simply means something that's different, something that's not a barbell or a dumbbell that you see all the time or a machine, um, kind of like you mentioned the in, uh, intro. So I love that a two pound Indian club can provide a new stimulus that can also be in Involved with injury prevention, like you said, using it for warm ups and reaching new ranges of motion um, if necessary before something like a bench press. Yeah, and the other thing too is, you know, when an object is, is weird and it's kind of unbalanced, a lot of times the light object is going to feel heavy when you're doing mm-hmm. something that's kind of unfamiliar to you, at least at first. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I, I one other point I wanted to make with this kind of stuff is um, not only does it create a little bit of variety in terms of making, you know, reinvigorating your training, kind of like I mentioned before, but it's also a, a different shock to the nervous system, which is going to, um, you know, hopefully promote growth and strength, um, you know, maybe when you've hit kind of a little bit of a plateau. So another thing, if I have an athlete or somebody that is, you know, has been training a certain way for a really long time, they haven't been seeing a lot of, um, a lot of progress, or maybe they've been with me for a while and we've gone through, um, you know, a few cycles and we've made a lot of progress, but I feel like we need to, to change something up. This can provide a different shock to the nervous system too. Um, and, uh, I think that's so, you know, that's something that needs to be considered. You know, if you are consistently using the same implements in the same ways, eventually the adaptation is going to slow. Um, your body's going to get used to those demands that you're placing on it. So by placing these new demands, you're creating new adaptation. You can further growth and strength development. So um, the nervous system is king, man. I think that's something that we got to consider um, at all times when we're writing programs. So I love including these kind of things to uh, kind of give a little shock to the nervous system. Absolutely. Um, so you mentioned the slosh pipe. I'm going to go to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So 
that that's a, that's a pretty cool thing. Um, Dan John, he's actually the one that kind of introduced me to it. He's just real big into this kind of stuff. But right. slosh pipe is just a PVC pipe, and you can start with something as short as four feet or go as long as ten feet long. And I'd recommend two or three inch PVC. The wider that diameter, the tougher it's going to be. All you do is you put one cap on, you fill it about a third of the way up with water, and cap the end, the other end. That's it. You do need a little PVC glue just to make sure it you know, seals correctly and sticks. Um, but when you carry this thing and you can do it in all kinds of positions, you put it over your shoulder, you can zurcher it, you can go overhead. But when you walk with it, the water flows side to side. It creates this crazy instability that your body has to fight against. And it's really nice for reactive stability. And I can see it having a lot of carryover with any sport, especially combat sports and tactical sports and things like that. Um, we actually have an open challenge at our clinic. We have a 10-foot, 3-inch PVC pipe. Oh, and yeah. if you can carry, if you can walk with it overhead, back and forth across the parking lot, you get a free T-shirt. No one's been able to do it yet. So open challenge, oh, anyone listening? Let's come by. Oh man, that's I, I, hopefully somebody comes and try to take you up on that because it doesn't sound like it's going to be uh, too difficult. You know, when you're, you're thinking through in your head, but man, that stuff's hard. Uh, and mm-hmm. I love it. I, I love the like you said the the reactive nature of it. Um, that is another aspect that is not training. It's hard to mimic um, with standard equipment. So uh, again, reaching outside of that standard equipment can help you uh, in so many different ways. Uh, But I think when it comes to a programming standpoint, so if you're someone listening to this and you're thinking, okay, how do I put this into my workouts? It doesn't have to be complicated, nor do I, I, I make it complicated when I put it in there. It can simply be at the end of a workout, pick a different, a, a distance and say, okay, I'm going to carry this, uh, you know, carry this med ball, um, at, you know, a hundred meters and then just pick it up, carry it a little bit. You start to get tired, drop it, shake it out, pick it up carry it a little bit, drop it. And then over time, build up distance. Um, you can put it in a conditioning type piece. Um, a lot of times I'll do this in, uh, with a lot of my aerobic work, just because, uh, you know, CrossFitters that are used to mixed modal mm-hmm. stuff, they get bored, but they do the same thing, you know, sit on a bike for an hour. Um, so I want some, some easy aerobic work. Um, a lot of times I'll have them, you know, bike, you know, do a mile bike, hop off, pick up a sandbag, carry it on their shoulder, pick up a heavy kettlebell do, or a heavy farmer's walk after that, um, hop on the rower, row a little bit, and then, um, you know, flip a tire a few times and then repeat over and over at a very easy pace and still just general aerobic work. Um, but I'm, I'm introducing some of these newer things. Um, you can put them in harder conditioning workouts. I will do that too, especially with the, the heavy stone or heavy med ball and have them do stone to shoulder. And I'll usually pair it with some other kind of gymnastics movement. You pair something like a, a muscle up or um, a handstand push up with a heavy stone. Um, that's a tough combo. Uh, so you can get creative with it. Um, but uh, you know, for me, I love putting it in just in easy aerobic work or sometimes I'll just put it in, um, you know, not for time work, which I do a lot with my athletes. I'll have like at the end of a workout, um, maybe they're pretty much done for the day and there are a couple of other supplementary things I want to do. I'll pair like, um, say a heavy yoke walk or a heavy farmer's carry or, or something with some other accessory work. So it would be like, all right, I'm going to do, um, uh, some single arm dumbbell bench press, maybe a single arm ring row, and then a heavy med ball bear hug carry. Um, and I'll do that. It's not for time. Just get your three rounds in, build some volume in some different ways. Uh, so you can get creative with it, but it doesn't have to be complicated. Keep it simple, carry heavy things, try different things, try different movements, squat with a sandbag, lunge with a sandbag, you know, things that, you know, are, are, you know, just going to keep it fun. Um, again, it doesn't have to be crazy complicated. Yeah. You can get really strong doing this stuff. I mean, yeah. it's, 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 it's got to, if you haven't tried it before, just 
you know, pick one thing and implement in your program just to start out with and just see how it goes after about a month. Yeah. I've been, um, I've been a couple of my clients probably are cursing <laughs> my name right now for like some of the recent stuff I've been putting some like sandbag complexes in there where it's like, all right, I want you to take a, a moderate weight sandbag, do like five sandbag to shoulder and then put it, hold it at your chest and do like 10 alternating reverse lunges while you're holding it. And then do like five more um, squats with like a pause in the bottom all with one sandbag. And you know, that complex, you know, will take, you know, uh, you know, 30, 40 seconds um, as you're moving through it. And, and that is hard. That's hard work where I'll do like 30 seconds on of just light sandbag over the shoulder at a moderate pace, rest 30 seconds, 30 seconds of a bear hug carry rest 30 seconds, 30 seconds of some squats with it, rest 30 seconds. And then you're just like, you're just moving through it. Nothing crazy. No, you're not trying to sprint, but man, you can get really strong and you can get pretty fit using these things. That is brutal. Yeah, I know, it's horrible, man. I've been playing around with it a little bit and I know I'm playing around with myself and I know some of you know some of my athletes that I know listen to this are probably thinking like, man, I still hate him for that. So uh, <laughs> you can, you can have some fun with it for sure. <laughs> hey, well, uh, one other thing I wanted to make sure we included was, um, I don't know if you're familiar with this, but I know the Army's been saying since the beginning of time, they're going to change their PT test, but it actually looks like they're finally starting to do it. So they, they've kind of bought into odd object training. Um, so they've got this new thing they're experimenting with called the sol- soldier readiness test. And um, basically if you, if you don't know the history of the army PT test, it's since the beginning of time, it's been push up, sit ups and a two mile run. Um, but now they have this new thing and it's done in full uniform and full armor, which is about 20 pounds extra. And you have to complete the test in a certain amount of time. I want to say it's like 25 minutes. Don't quote me on that though. Um, but there's six events. So one of them is a, is a 220 pound tire flip, some kind of agility test. I'm not sure what it is. A 240 pound dummy drag, a sandbag stack, sandbag toss, and then they're doing a mile and a half run on rugged, uneven terrain. So something to consider, especially if your clinic accepts TRICARE, we do. Yep. <laughs> uh, which, yeah, <laughs> it works with soldiers, you know, keep this in mind, you know, if, if, you know, if you don't have any of the stuff laying around, you probably at least need to consider investing in a couple sandbags or, you know, maybe go to the, to the junkyard and get one or two tires. And if you buy the tires, make sure you know how to use them too. Cause there is some skill involved flipping those things. It's not yeah, as easy. No, I love that, man. I think that's, um, that's such a great thing. They're kind of moving towards that. Uh, if you think about like, you know, CrossFit's made its way into the tactical population. That's actually where kind of it got a big kind of uh, a good start was in the tactical populations. Um, but if you think about it, you know, CrossFit, a lot of times people think that, um, you know, you look at the sport of fitness and the sport of fitness uses barbells, uses dumbbells and, and goes for time all the time. Um, but when you think about, you know, real life and using that to train for real life, it's not necessarily going to help you pick up and, and drag something heavy or drag a person or carry something, you know, miles that, that you know, weighs 20 or 30 pounds. So I love that the army is kind of going to that because I think it more probably more closely represents what they're going to have to do um, rather than just training with the barbell all the time. I think that we forget that um, there are these other ways of training out there. So it's kind of cool to see that that's the route they're going. Yeah, definitely. On the, on the surface, it sounds really cool, but you know, I just, I wonder how, how, how they're actually going to be able to implement this. So especially with every single person, uh, yeah. people that have been in it for a while that really have kept, kept up with fitness, it's going to, it's going to take some training to get to that point, but I guess it is what it is. Yeah. It'd be interesting to, uh, to see the, the way it goes, man. I'm excited actually. I think, uh, we'll have to keep, keep, uh, you know, get Pat Casey, um, major Pat Casey, uh, right. just got promoted. Um, you know, a buddy of ours that we've had on the show, we're gonna have to keep, uh, asking him about congrats, it. Let Pat. Him, yeah. Congrats, Pat. Um, Pat's the man. Um, so it'll be, it'll be cool to get to see, you know, he'll have a nice insight into that. Can let us know. For sure. Okay. Well, hey, I, I don't, I don't want to go down a weird road here, but 
topic kind of makes me think about my uncle. He, uh, he actually did some time in the slammer back in the nineties. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I remember when I was a kid though, when he came out, he was jacked and, uh, he's him and his cellmate, they had to get creative and do a lot of body weight stuff. And they would use some things like laundry bags and water bags and stuff like that. Um, apparently there was a prison gym, but that wasn't a place you wanted to go to if you were trying to stay out of trouble. Yeah. Uh, I actually think someone wrote a book about prison style workouts. Um, but you know, those, those guys get strong, man. They get pretty yeah. massive. And I, I guess it's just a means of survival or to combat boredom. But you know, the, my point with that is again, you have to get creative and you don't have to spend a ton of money on this stuff. If you yeah. want to get results. Yeah, no, that's awesome, man. That's a, a unique story for sure. Definitely some different insight. I, I appreciate you going there. I was not, I did not know that story was coming. That's awesome. Yeah, I didn't know it was coming either. I just kind of, <laughs> just kind of ran up on. There we go. Um, well, guys, uh, thank you again for listening. Another cool episode. Um, I think hopefully this inspires you to, to maybe try to, something new in your training. Try something new. If you need some ideas, again, you can reach out to us. But honestly, just find something different, pick it up, carry it, figure out how can I use it, throw it, med ball throws, stone throws. Um, you can get creative. Go out there, have some fun with some different uh, different implements, and you'll be surprised and happy at the uh, adaptations that happen and how well your training goes. But um, if you could as well, if you haven't already, subscribe and leave us a review. Five stars preferably. really appreciate it. It's how we reach more people. Definitely want if you haven't yet to check out the course that will be at vertex on J July 14th and 15th, that's the IKN guys. If you don't know who those guys are, listen to our last episode. We had them on. It was a great episode. They started to elaborate in what, into what they do and what that course is going to be about. It's an awesome course. That's not just for PTs it's for a lot of people who just want to be able to better help people. So go check that out. July 14th and 15th, um, subscribe, leave a review, tune in next Monday. We'll have another episode. Hope you all have a great week. This episode is brought to you by Vertex PT Specialist. One patient per doctor of physical therapy per hour. Guaranteed. The best physical therapy ever. Check us out at vertexpt.com or on the gram at vertexpt.